This is All Things Ansys, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 124, we take a look at what is new with Ansys licensing and review news and events in the world of Ansys. Greetings, my name is Eric Miller, and I'm one of PDT's three owners and your host for these podcasts. Well, if you follow these podcasts closely, you'll notice that we are a bit late with this episode. A whole pile of circumstances and changes happened, and I'm not going to bore you with all the details. And I kept saying, next weekend, I'll record episode 124. Well, here we are a month later, and I apologize, we're really, really late. But uh, we're here, we're going to record it, and we'll get it out next week. Uh, hopefully for your Thanksgiving enjoyment. And instead of babbling on about something, um, let's just jump into this episode's interview. Licensing and ANSYS is something that is very important. Uh, what that process looks like is something all ANSYS users need to know something about. That is why we have our experts on the subject here at PDT come on the podcast every once in a while and talk about this important topic. Back in mid-October, I was joined by our two IT support engineers, Ahmed and Courtney, along with the manager of our support group, Ted, to get an update. Let's see what they have to share. I want to welcome everybody to a discussion once again with one of our favorite topics here at PDT because it is uh, important uh, to everybody using the ANSYS software, which is licensing. And I'm joined today by Ted Harris, Ahmed Fayad, and Courtney Harris. Hey, guys. Welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Hey, Eric. Yep. Hey, Eric. Thanks for, thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah, why don't, uh, we'll we'll start our normal way. Um, why don't we go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, we'll we'll go Ted, then Courtney, then Ahmed. So I'm Ted Harris. I'm the director of our simulation support team here at PADT. Um, been with PADT for quite a few years, and used to do a lot of the day-to-day -day software support. And I really don't do that much anymore. But I'm managing and enabling the team that does that. Hi, everybody. I am Courtney Harris. I am the IT engineering assistant here at PADT. Um, I've only been at PADT a short amount of time, about, I think, four or five months at this point. Um, yeah, and I work with Ahmed, and we are the licensing team. Great. Excellent. And Ahmed. Yeah. Hi. Uh, my name is Ahmed. I've been with uh, PADT for close to 10 years now. And I handle high-performance computing, licensing, installation, the cloud, anything that doesn't that isn't the actual engineering part of the tool uh, comes my way, and then we manage. Either we fix it ourselves, or we pass it on to the experts. Very good. And and these people and and this topic are really important because you can't solve your obscure CFD problem if you can't grab a license, right? Or you can't get enough HPC cores or you're going on vacation and you need you need to take a license on your laptop. We well, you shouldn't be working on your vacation. You're going on a business trip and you need to take a license on your laptop. So we like to every once in a while get together and see what's new in the world of licensing. And our friends at Ansys have been very busy, uh, from what I've heard. So um, we'll we'll just go. I'll just go ahead and start there. What what is the latest cool thing or maybe not so cool, but the biggest change that's happened recently that uh, users need to know about in the world of licensing? Well, from a top level, the new thing is called shared web licensing. Mm -hmm. And I'll let Ahmed or Courtney explain that in a little more detail. All right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, 
So uh, shared web licensing is a concept that I personally love because mm -hmm. for any customer that has limited IT or has a highly dynamic area environment or, you know, lots of turnover or whatever, there's usually a struggle to keep track of the license server, who's running it, who's managing it, what version is it running, is it available on VPN, is it not? So ANSYS kind of got their heads together and decided, what can we do to help here? And what they came up with was a kind of a cloud offering that uses the ANSYS single sign-on to connect you to your own free hosted license server in the cloud. So all you need to do is configure your client to use shared web licensing and log in with your credentials and that's it. You're done. Cool. Yeah. yeah you know, what, what I'm going to, I'm going to stop and back up a little bit because why this is so cool and why this gets me excited is some of our users may not understand how licensing works and I'm going to, I'm going to explain my take on it and you guys can correct me. So the way licensing works with a lot of engineering software is uh, a, a tool um, that, 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 everybody seems to use and buy sits it runs like this what we call a daemon it's a program that just kind of runs in the background and it's listening on internet ports all the time for somebody saying hey I want to use a license. And there's all sorts of complicated communication that goes on, but it basically says, hey, I want a license. The program, ANSYS says, hey, I want a license. The program, the license server says, oh, I've got one available of the type you want. Here it is. This is yours. And then checks back every once in a while to make sure you're still using it. And also ANSYS checks in to make sure that it's still available. And then when you exit the program, you release that license back into the pool. And that server usually runs somewhere on your network and you're Users have to be able to see that server through what we call an internet port. Is that a really good high level, or what did I get wrong? Um, Courtney, pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's pretty on par. What's the name of the? I forget the name of the company that writes it. Um, LM. Well, it's FlexLM. FlexLM. Yeah. It's actually well, they've changed the name to FlexNet. Yeah. And the company that owns that software has changed hands a few times, times. and I'd have to look up who the yeah. current owner of that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eric, what you said is pretty spot on. Um, so maybe an even higher level question is why have licensing? Very I mean, if question. you're if you're the only person at a at a if you're the only user that's going to be using the software, then licensing is not as important as if you know you're in a company that has multiple users that are sharing the licenses. So, uh, sharing the licenses allows more than one person to use the tool. I mean, not at the same time necessarily, um, mm -hmm. but it does allow for more flexibility in how a, a customers' assets are used amongst users. Um, I, I think another thing to point out is that for a lot of years, we dealt with something called the ANSYS Licensing Interconnect, yes. mm -hmm. which sat on top of FlexNet or FlexLM, and it enabled some really nice features, particularly in ANSYS Workbench, um, allowing a single license to do multiple things, not necessarily at the same time, but um, it, it had some benefits, but the big downside is it made ANSYS tools different from 
all other software tools that used FlexLM or FlexNet for licensing. And the license administrators pretty much collectively did not like that. So yeah. the license interconnect is now gone. Um, if people are running older versions, it's still out there. Right, Ahmed? Correct. Yeah, that was a second program running in the background on a server somewhere, right? Right, right. Yeah. But for the most part, we're now using a, a pure FlexNet environment for the standard check checked out licenses. But I've gotten off track a little bit because we were talking about shared web licensing. Yes. yes. And another important thing to note is that those licenses can be mixed with what we call on-prem licenses. Okay. So when shared web licensing is available, you can toggle uh, in the what used to be called the license preferences. Now it's the client settings, I believe, that you're using shared web licenses. But if you also have on-prem, um, it can look for and check those out as well. Yeah, so so my understanding of this new web licensing, shared web licensing, is that the FlexLM program is basically running on a web server that ANSYS owns or controls. Is that a valid way to put it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you just point to that instead of your own server. Yeah. The, the, the use case for this, like from my point of view, from, from mm -hmm. the amount of tickets that I handle that yes. are pure licensing, mm -hmm. the main use case, if, if you think about a fledgling engineering practice, you know, one mm -hmm. guy take, takes the plunge and starts his own company, mm -hmm. leases one license, and then he needs to use more. So he gets another workstation. Oh, I need to manage, you know, the licensing for between these two computers. If I take my laptop home, I need to take a, you know, a, a crash course in networking to build VPN <laughs> and whatnot. And then if if they grow a little bit bigger, usually they outsource IT right. to a third party whose main interest is to keep things running. They don't really want to learn the ins and the outs of it. So mm -hmm. All they want is next, 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 finish, and it runs kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And shared web licensing takes away the responsibility for IT, takes away the responsibility for a person to manage where is my license accessible from, and it puts it all uh, on a portal. You can do access control lists. All, all of the nice right. bells and whistles of advanced licensing are done while being hosted by ANSYS on the cloud. I like it. I I can think of maybe a dozen times in my career where I would have loved to get that to work while I'm trying to hold my cell phone up and get a VPN connection going to a server back in Phoenix. And yeah, <laughs> very cool. Um, so that I can do one more run on my laptop. Um, that is really, really cool. And uh, where can they learn more about that shared web licensing? I assume there's material out there for that. Of course, there is, and the best place to find it is at the PADT blog. There you go. Uh, yep. that, that that's that's my pitch right there. Uh, <laughs> Courtney actually, <laughs> Courtney actually wrote uh, a blog post about uh, shared web licensing recently. Excellent. Yes, I did. It's very yeah. informative, and it's on the PADT <laughs> blog. 
<laughs> great, great. And we're not just saying that because we love our blog, but because it actually is a really good article and lots of people outside of our, our existing customer base go. It, it, it's quite a popular article, so do check that out. Uh, it does explain it from a user's perspective, which is kind of nice. So, um, And of course, always, if you do get stuck with it, uh, reach out to whoever you do get your answers from. So shared web licensing, big change, interconnects gone. What else is, is new in the world of ANSYS licensing? Well, um, just let, let me step in just for a second regarding yeah. shared web licensing. So no one is going to be forced to migrate to that. It's just an additional option. Good and, point. you know, we in ANSYS certainly realize that there are circumstances where people cannot connect a machine to the Internet and mm -hmm. therefore traditional <laughs> on-prem licenses will continue to be available forever for those types of needs. Right. Or your IT department may not just not want you, you know, poking out sure. the web, right? Yep. Whatever, whatever yeah. the need is that I think it's pretty typical for ANSYS and they, they've learned over the decades, you know, don't, don't take away stuff that works, just add new stuff that makes things better. Um, yep. And so I think that's what they're doing here. So just a, a mm -hmm. flyby of the licensing options that ANSYS provides. Yes. So there, there's the on-premises lease or permanent license that, takes basically installing a license server locally, mm -hmm. pointing your client to it and running. Uh, permanent licenses never expire, leases expire uh, by mm -hmm. the name. The next option is elastic licensing, right. which is the old uh, cell phone option where you <laughs> repay for a thousand minutes, use it or lose it kind of thing. Yep. And that basically provides you probably over 90% of the ANSYS suite on demand. Again, the licenses are hosted on the cloud. You point your client to it and you pay as you go or use it, use up your credits as you go. Um, shared web licensing we mentioned. And then dare I mention the infamous dongle, which is basically a USB uh, license key. Mm -hmm. No, uh, don't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it does point out that they don't get rid of stuff that works even if yeah, there's a much it, better way to do it <laughs> they made they they made sure that it's that it needs to be well justified if you need yes. a dongle uh usually for like we were, we were talking about you know isolated you know air gapped systems and things like that that's that's when uh the dongles come through but again you didn't hear it from me we don't have dongles don't ask for a dongle <laughs> <laughs> you have to fill out paperwork and maybe get the NSA involved if you want to dongle. Yeah. <laughs> Joking about the NSA part in case yeah, they're listening. Pa paperwork does exist, but <laughs> NSA, I'm not sure. Cool. That's good to know. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different options out there, and, and and we have we have quite a few smaller customers that live on Elastic, right? They they don't use Ansys every day, all day, and they just uh, pay as they go, and that works out really well for them. It's really nice and flexible, and they get access to the to most of the Ansys suite that way, so it's pretty cool. Um, good, good, good. So um, we had been talking earlier about you know what because because we, we get a lot of um, tech support calls that are about licensing, right? We, we get we get our normal calls that you would expect about how to use ANSYS and potential bugs in the code and all that stuff. But a large portion of what we get tech support calls are licensing based. What what are you seeing out there that people should know to avoid having to call us? Um, I know we had talked about running older versions and and kind of dealing with that. Um, what what other kind of stuff out there should they should users know so they can avoid uh, having to make a support call? Um. The, the first thing, the, mm -hmm. the most common thing that I run into, especially with 
customers that are tech savvy mm-hmm. or uh, kind of like to dig into the uh, the weeds of things, which is probably like 50 percent, 60 percent of all engineers mm-hmm. uh, is modifying the license file. Mm. License files are cut. Basically, they are keyed to the machine that you sent us during setup. And if you like, for example, format the machine, add a new network drive, uh, try to move the license to a new machine, you're basically going to break the license. And yeah. as much editing and as much as, uh, you know, you, you it might look good, but it the, the license server is extremely sensitive to changes in the license file. Um, so so, that's, so don't don't change it unless you really really have to and and uh, even then don't change it. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first one. The second one is ha- has to do with cybersecurity and mm-hmm. security software. Uh, if you don't run the installer as administrator, there is no guarantee that all of the files and the daemons and the services will be installed properly, and then. Sometimes that works and it installs properly, but when it comes to launch, you would have some kind of antivirus or uh, kind of anti-spam or something blocking the applications from actually making communication to the outside world. Um, so, so those are those are the two kind of main things that we run into. Um, I can't think of anything else, Ted, Courtney. Um, I don't think I have anything right now. You know, the, some of the issues we run into are misunderstandings on the information that's required for the license server. So right. that's more on the license administrator side than on a user side. Um, so on the on the user side, it's you know cybersecurity settings to allow the ports and the executables that might be needed. Um, or VPN, mm-hmm. if that's in use. Um, configuring the client computer, so sometimes that's an issue. Um, so two things have to happen, right? The license server needs to be uh, up and running with the ANSYS license manager and the license file installed, and then the client machine, which is where the software is actually going to be running, needs to be pointed to that license server to know where to look for the licenses. Now, the the server and the client can be the same machine, but right. um, most of the time they're not. Right. Yeah, it's you, you mentioned ports, which is again for for newer users, uh, you know, because we all, those of us who are who are much older than Courtney, uh, had to struggle with these things manually back in the day. We kind of got to know them, but when when you connect a computer to another computer on the on the through through an internet connection, that we have these things called ports, and it's TCP TCPIP is the protocol, and these little packets of information go across a given port number. And uh, over the years, certain ports are assigned to certain things. And the bad guys love to find ports that are open and infiltrate through them, right? Send send bad packets in and, and infiltrate your network. So 
our friends, very good friends in cybersecurity who are doing their job, they they want, of course, close every port and not have the computer talk to the rest of the world if they could, because uh, that's the safest state. Um, and so that's often a problem, right, is is that ports are being blocked or, or monitored in a way that doesn't allow you to say, hey, I want a license and for the ANSYS license server to say, here you go. Is that a valid statement? It is. There, there's usually a, a learning, uh, mm -hmm. learning curve when you when you're introduced into a sophisticated IT environment. Right. Uh, it, it, the IT ad admins who, <clears throat> in the case they they weren't exposed to Flexera or Flexlm, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a bizarre kind of setup. Oh, you want me mm -hmm. to run the license server? Oh, you need these ports open. You need these executables to pass through the firewall, and any. You know, any cybersecurity expert worth his salt will always raise an eyebrow when you request anything to pass through. This is their job. They, their job is to guard the gates, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it takes a little bit of uh, usually, you know, you have, you know, a 30 minute meeting, explain how it works, what's needed. As long mm -hmm. as it's concise and to the point, usually those things fly, uh, you know. Cybersecurity experts would want to change the default ports because default ports are, are posted online and right. they like to, you know, go up in the range of the ports and things like that. But I mean, it, it's it's really not not that complicated. It, if if you have any issues or if you have if you know your IT is hyper uh you know vigilant, mm -hmm. just reach out to us ahead of time. The more planning we do uh, you know up front, the easier mm -hmm. and smoother it's gonna be for the rollout. Um <laughs> the the other thing that mm -hmm. comes through is VPNs. Yes. Um, we we've we've tried really really hard, but we can't really bend the speed of light. So <laughs> if you're six thousand miles away working on a project in a factory somewhere in Asia or you know Europe, expect latency. And mm -hmm. at a certain point, the license server is like, you know what? I give up. I can't do this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are things that can be done to overcome that, but generally, uh, latency is uh, is somewhat of an issue. Not not as much anymore, but previously it was. I, I did try and use a satellite um, a license uh, or internet connection once with VPN, and and tried to get uh, a different piece of software running FlexLM to up and and work. And you know, when the satellites were straight up overhead, um, and I wasn't uh, making fun of Elon Musk, it seemed to work okay. But um, every once in a while, it would drop, and uh, yeah, it was pretty frustrating. So in that case, um, you may want to go ahead and bring a license with you, uh, which is something you can do as well. Oh, right? Which is an excellent segue into mm -hmm. the <laughs> option of bringing a license with you, which yeah. is license borrowing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I failed to mention that. Uh, so license borrowing is a feature that needs to be enabled on your license file. So you have to request it from the channel partner. And that allows you to check out a license exclusively for up to 30 days. So I want to use Workbench and Mechanical and, you know, Space Claim for a week that I'm going to be in a, in a retreat, you know, mm -hmm. uh, developing the next best thing. Mm -hmm. You can check those licenses out and take them with you for, the, for that week or for whatever the duration is. And you don't have to have active communication with the license server. So that feature is also an option. Really good point. Your the the in laws cabin in the woods with no internet is is the great example, right? Yes, um, 
to spend the week up there and still get some work done. Um, by the way, I don't have a cab. My analysts don't have a cabin, but anyway, I dream. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I, I think I think one thing that you mentioned that's really, but a couple of you mentioned that's really really important is um, a lot of times when a customer is struggling with licensing, it's because the engineer is trying to get it to work, and and if you can get their IT person to talk to uh, our IT person, that really helps, and and that's why PADT has two IT professionals in our tech support team is so that we can can be that translator between engineering and IT, um, and, and I think other I know Ansys Direct Support has that, and some of the other channel partners have that as well. But um, you know, don't don't beat your head against the wall. Um, get your get your IT in the loop. I think is is a big piece of advice I'd give from watching companies struggle with this. Um, once we usually do that, it goes fairly well. So. Yeah, the last thing we want is our customers sitting there spinning their wheels, getting frustrated because they can't figure out how to get something yep. to work. So yep. let us help. Let's help. Yeah, um, we're we're here for you. And if if you're unlucky enough to not have PDT as your service provider, um, do do ask them as well. Um, they won't they won't be as informative as we are, right? But they'll be great, um, and they'll be able to help. Um, any parting information you want to give to folks that are that are doing licensing with ANSYS? Um, I can think of uh, two things. Number yeah. one, don't don't be like me and not read the error <laughs> messages. You know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get an error message. You click OK and shake your fist at the screen and complain <laughs> and whatever. While the message is telling you you have run out of licenses, all of your licenses are checked out. Yeah. Um, so. It, it, I, some, sometimes we we get those error messages and and we're like, okay, how can I say this without being condescending or uh, you know insulting to our customer? But the message says you're out of licenses. Basically, all of your licenses are in use. Um, so that that's something to do. The other thing is, I'm yet to find. A, a way to explain HPC packs <laughs> that doesn't involve graphics. That's right. Go to the blog for that one too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, high performance computing basically allows you to use more cores. You have the license, you use it. There's a special way that they add up. I'm not going to even attempt <laughs> explaining right. it. Yeah. That is definitely a visual one, and we do have a blog article on that. Uh, it, it's good for the user in that the 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 more packs you have, the more licenses. It's it's not a linear thing. It's a it's a it's better than that. But yeah, um, yeah I have to look it up myself as well. <laughs> the, the other the the final thing is a lot of IT right now is downsizing their physical footprint and mm -hmm. going to the cloud or going to. Mm -hmm co-location or whatever and one of the trends that we are seeing regularly is uh virtualized license servers okay so the license server is lightweight it depend of course it depends on the number of users that are pinging it mm -hmm. but it is fully compatible with virtualization okay um just run it like any other server and it, it does what it needs to do just gonna make sure those ports are open and available et cetera, et cetera. right exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know what virtualization is, but your IT person brought it up, um, just say, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it should, should work the same. We're, we're actually doing that here at PADT, too. We're, we're moving uh, more and more of our servers in a virtual environment. And uh, uh, I don't know that we've moved the license server yet, but I know that's on the list. So um, we're, we're going to drink our own, uh, eat our own dog food on that one as well. 
Um, I'll add something. Yeah, please. Um, another suggestion that I have is making sure that you're keeping up to date with the latest um, license manager. Yes. And one of the issues that we have too is um, if people run old versions of like the license manager, you sometimes get issues with like the licenses not working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that people come to us with. But one of the best things that um, you can do for yourself to ensure that you don't have any of those issues is, first of all, like, make sure you're keeping up to date with the latest releases of License Manager and installers and stuff like that. And the license file. Yes. Yes. So yep. try to make sure you're installing not just the latest version of the License Manager, as Courtney said, but also the latest license file. I mean, we've seen that over the years where mm -hmm. you know we send out a license file and maybe it goes to an outdated person or that right. person's busy at the time and they just don't install it. And then someone tries to run the latest and greatest version of ANSYS and it doesn't work because they don't have that latest license file installed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. As as your company, as you know, the listeners, as your company gets larger, you know, this is one of those things that's easy to maintain when there's there's three of you and two of them are users, right? Um, but when you're a larger organization, that whoever that person is, it's that we send the the license file and all the information to, um, they kind of have to take the responsibility to make sure that gets installed. And sometimes that person gets promoted or even leaves the company, and uh, that that whole system breaks down. So. Finding a, a good process for that, and, and this is true for all engineering software that uses these kind of licensing, um, it's it's really important. And, and that brings me to another topic that I wanted to bring up, which is that what I'm seeing out there is that so much software is now software as a service. It actually runs in the cloud. You don't actually run it local. You log into a web browser and it runs out there in the cloud. And so licensing is very different from those. So I'm seeing more and more users who aren't familiar with this model that's been around for 30 years um, or more, 40 years, I think, um, that, that that uses these licensed servers. So um, it's, it's really, really great for software you're going to run yourself on your computer or on your server. And um, I think if you're not familiar with it, if you're used to the SaaS model, you know, um, definitely reach out and let us talk to you about it. Um, it is a really powerful way to do things and get you access to the tools you need, but you got to get your head around how it works. Anybody else? Anything else? Okay. Well, I guess not. Yeah, I think we covered it. Uh, we'll be back in a year, uh, probably, to talk about it, because I'm sure this the license is going to change and improve um, between now and then. But uh, do check out the blog. Do um, do make sure you work closely with your IT persons. And um, you should have a painless use of licensing with ANSYS. In fact, maybe even an enjoyable one because of the flexibility and power that it now offers. Yeah, and if you're a PADT customer mm -hmm. and you've been thrust into this role or yeah. you know, there's things you're not sure about, things you're struggling with please contact us yeah. we you know it's our job to help you out and we're motivated to do that so yeah. keep us in mind yep and how do they contact us yeah so you can always go to our website edtinc.com um, and then click on the uh, simulation and then support or you can email sw support at pdtinc.com or even info at pdtinc.com if you really want to go short <laughs> anything else all right well 
I want to thank everybody for their time. Uh, as always, it's always informative. I learned a few things, and hopefully our listeners did as well. And if they have any fear and trepidation about licensing, this will hopefully tamp those down a bit and let them know how to move forward. So once again, thanks for your time, guys. Yep. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, thanks Eric. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 So some pretty important stuff. Uh, if you work with an IT team, make sure they're up to date on these changes and you're taking advantage of all the great options out there. So for today's commercial, I want to talk about a part of PDT that you may not be aware of, our 3D printing services. When we started the company back in 1994, we were the first company providing 3D printing as a service in Arizona. Now, coming up on 30 years, uh, you have a dizzying array of options for getting your geometry 3D printed. What sets PDT apart is not just the wide variety of technology we have in-house. We have sterilography, selective laser centering, projection polymer printing, polyjet, fused deposition modeling, selective absorption fusion, and direct metal laser centering. What really sets us apart are the people and why people choose PADT is for the same reason they choose us for their ANSYS support and consulting, our technical expertise. Our engineers know additive manufacturing, design, and traditional manufacturing. We can help you pick your materials, develop your processes, and enable the best post-processing approach for your prototyping, tooling, and production 3D printing needs. Reach out to 3dprint at padtinc.com, visit the digital manufacturing part of our website, or give us a call at 480-813-484, and let's start going, get going on your next 3D printing project. So in news, we'll start by taking a look at the ANSYS stock. Um, I'm recording this on this, what is it, the 18th, and so the market closed on Friday the 17th. ANSS finished off at um, just under $300 a share at $299.46. This is up 25.49% year-to-date and 24% over the last 12 months. It is just $50 below the 52-week high of $351 and about $100 below the all time high of 406 that happened actually in November two years ago. So for comparison, the S&P 500 is up 18% year to date. So at that 25.5 basically um, percent, ANSYS continues to outperform the market. Since we last talked, ANSYS did release their Q3 financials. Revenue was at $458.8 million for the quarter. That's a 4% drop in constant currency uh, versus the same time last year, same quarter last year. Profit was $55.5 million, uh, which is a 15.2% profit margin. And that is a bit of a drop. That's a 42% drop since Q3 of last year. One important aspect that they announced during the meeting is what they call incremental restrictions to export to China. So basically, some of the new rules the U.S. government is putting in place are keeping some of the more advanced portions of the ANSYS suite uh, from being sold in China, which is a big part of their business. So that actually had a $20 million impact on annual contract value. So uh, definitely something to uh, pay attention to. That puts the year-to-date Q1, 2, and 3 at just under $1.5 billion at $1.464 billion in revenue. And that's a 7% year-to-date increase over 2022. And that year-to-date profit is $225.7 million, which is a 15% drop versus the $424 million they had this same time last year. So, um, you know, we'll see how the final quarter shapes up for things uh, in the ANSYS world. And we'll, of course, report that in probably February of next year. 
So in other ANSYS news, and speaking of 3D printing, ANSYS and Materialize announced an enhanced partnership around 3D printing. So they basically have just rolled out a new workflow that uses both tools, both software tools for people doing metal additive manufacturing, and I think a little bit of polymer as well. We have to actually dig into this ourselves um, at Formnext, which is the big uh, 3D printing show in Europe, which was a couple weeks ago. So um, if you're doing additive manufacturing using ANSYS and Materialize, uh, definitely check that out. Also, both Sony and TSMC announced joint simulation projects with uh, ANSYS. Sony highlighted their use of ANSYS tools for advanced sensor design, and TSMC uh, added even more to their online design tools for their customers. So if you remember, TSMC is a foundry. They print other people's chips. So they have tools that allow you to design for their foundry, and those tools have more and more ANSYS technology behind them. Um. The, uh, yeah, we don't really have any new PADT news. I guess the one thing I'll mention for PADT news is that we did open a new version of our 3D printing online store. So if you happen to be a PADT 3D printing material customer, you buy your material for your Stratasys printers from us, uh, we do have a new store for that. So do check that out. It's kind of cool. Um, then blog articles. So um, there's three uh, that I like to point out since the last time we talked. Uh, the first is ANSYS announced they'll be putting out a new version of SCADE, and that's the ANSYS model-based development environment for embedded systems programming, and it'll be out in January of 2024, and it's called SCADE 1. It's a new approach because system-level embedded systems programming has changed so much since SCADE was originally introduced. So it's pretty much the industry standard um, for this kind of uh, um, using kind of a simulation flowcharty approach to doing embedded systems programming. Um, and they're going to update it because things have gotten so much more complicated and complex since that first tool came out. So if you do use SCADE or think about using SCADE or not using SCADE and should be using SCADE, check out SCADE 1, purpose built for today's software development needs. Pretty good stuff. Our customers that use it are pretty excited about it. I'm a big fan of hydrogen power. So for my second article, I recommend Freudenberg brings e-power solutions to the maritime industry. And the article covers how the company has made a hydrogen fuel cell power plant for ships. So pretty cool, large application of power generation using hydrogen and oxygen uh, to power ships rather than diesel or jet fuel. ANSYS continues their amazing partnership for, with Ferrari, and in the third article I want to recommend, they share some of the results in an article called In Pursuit of Perfection, Ferrari Turns to Simulation to Refine Vehicle Design. So if you like racing, or you like simulation, or you like both, like me, uh, this is a great read. Over on the PDT blog, we have three ANSYS-related blogs uh, since we last talked. The first is the second tutorial from uh, Bronislav here at PADT. Uh, as he's been learning ANSYS Alice Dyna, he's been sharing the process. And the second one's called Ball Impacting a Plate, Alice Dyna key, uh, uh, Keyword Edition. So he talks about using keywords to do that model. And then um, one of today's guests, Courtney, wrote an article called Ye Old ANSYS Automated Installer. So there's a new way to install ANSYS. Rather than reading it off the CDs, you can download it and install it. And uh, she goes and talks about that automated installer. So for a lot of users who don't have a complicated installation, this is a great way to get your ANSYS latest version of ANSYS loaded on your machine. 
And then the third and final one is from Doug Otis. It's his third Hold My Beer uh, article, and it's called Hold My Beer, Getting Answers for Remote Objects to Come Along for the Ride. So you may or may not know this, but if you use remote objects in ANSYS Mechanical and you change your geometry, if you don't set it up right, those remote objects won't move with your geometry. And if you want them to move with your geometry, you need to read this article. Um, so Doug shows us how to do it once again. So the only... Um, webinar we've got for ANSYS folks through the end of the year scheduled so far is one on December 6th. It's Optics Update in ANSYS 2023 R2. We're getting more and more customers in the whole world of ZMAX and uh, look forward to really catching up on what's new there. And then other PADT events uh, will be in Houston for something called Stratafest 2023. It's a Stratasys user conference uh, in Houston. And so do check that out in December. And then we'll be kicking off the 2024 um, season of shows and things with Arizona Photonics Days in Tucson from January 24th and 26th. And the aforementioned Cynthia, um, who is our optics expert, will be presenting a paper there at that conference. So do check that out. If you're in the optics world uh, on your so a lot of people on their way to uh, Photonics West in the in California often stop for Arizona Photonics days on the way to get really technical about things. So that's it. Um, pretty quick. So we can catch up here. Um, do not forget to subscribe to our newsletter, www.padtinc.com slash opt in to do that. So you can catch up on all things PADT every month. Do spread the word. Do subscribe to this podcast wherever you subscribe. And as always, do not hesitate to watch, to reach out. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 124. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.